we laugh when we go west because there's always a point when our GPS will be like, turn left for 475 miles. <laughs> and then, yeah, then when we go east, it's like, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. Well, so you, you nailed it. And that's yeah. why, like, I mean, towing an RV can be a pleasurable experience for me. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the authors of Where Should We Camp Next? And Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks. This season, we are back with a brand new RV and brand new adventures. Join us now as we cover the best campgrounds, the best rigs, the best food, and the best gear to bring with you when you go. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, we are checking in with Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie, who has been part of this podcast almost right since the very beginning and has been giving us incredible travel content for just about nine years or eight years. And today, we are going to check in with her and talk about her New Mexico road trip. This is actually going to be a two-part series. So in this episode, Carrie's going to take us to Santa Fe, and she's going to talk about an awesome campground that she really, really loved there. And then in next week's episode, she's going to take us to Taos, where she also had uh, an awesome stay at a campground she had never been at before. And along the way, we're also going to kind of get a little bit sidetracked in a good way and just talk about um, RVing with the em- in an empty nest, because this was one of the first big trips that Carrie and Russell have taken without the kids. Um, my boys are 14 years old now. So my older two twins. So I'm certainly like thinking forward to the types of trips Stephanie and I can take once they're out of the house. But then at the same time, also already already preemptively, you know, missing them, even though they're not gone yet. So just all those complexities of the different stages of RV life, of traveling with our kids, and then moving to a point where we're, we're traveling without our kids, um, which is all very, very interesting to me. So this is an awesome episode about Carrie Cox's New Mexico road trip. It's going to be a little two-part series this week and next week. And Carrie always brings it, always brings us really, really incredible travel episodes and episodes of, of all different kinds, uh, all different topics. And we just love her so much and appreciate all of the great content so much that we get here on the RV Atlas podcast. Uh, so before we dive in on this New Mexico road trip with Carrie Cox, we have sponsored messages from our friends at Camco and from our friends at Blackstone. Camco is one of our favorite companies in the outdoor recreation industry. For more than 50 years, they have remained a trusted North Carolina-based manufacturer specializing in innovative products for the RV, marine, outdoor living, and outdoor recreation markets. You may know them best by their American-made Rhino sewer hoses, Taste Pure water filters, EvoFlex drinking water hoses, and TST toilet chemicals, but their lineup of products doesn't end there. Camco continues to deliver products that bridge the gap between you and your next great adventure. From portable grills and campfires to ease lift hitches and power grip electrical adapters, they seem to be doing it all. There's a saying that if you own an RV, you are sure to own a Camco product or two. And it's true. We still use Camco products that we bought 12 years ago when we started RVing. This year, we are stocking up our new RV with go-to Camco products like their collapsible laundry basket and their life is better at the campsite dishes and mugs. Head to CampcoOutdoors.com to check out all of the cool stuff that Campco makes and get 10% off your entire order with our discount code RVATLAS10. 
The sound of bacon or burgers and steaks sizzling is the sound that you crave this summer. Blackstone is the original flat-top griddle with more than 9 million griddles sold. Blackstone is the way that America cooks in the great outdoors. You can cook everything you can on a traditional grill and a thousand things you can't. Want an incredible breakfast? How about lunch or dinner? The solid steel flat top infuses the flavors. Pick the size and style that's right for your next camping trip. The 17-inch and 22-inch griddles are easy to store in your RV and still have the space to feed the hungriest army. There's even a portable Blackstone with an air fryer built in. Talk about variety. With Blackstone, you can cook anything, anytime, anywhere. They even make a portable pizza oven that you can bring camping. For outdoor cooking fun and flavor that you can't find anywhere else, go wherever griddles are sold or head on over to blackstoneproducts.com. And remember, if it's not a Blackstone, it's not a griddle. Hello, Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie, and welcome back to the RV Atlas. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm always excited to have you on the yeah. show. Um, it's been many years and many, many great episodes, and I want to get you back on as much as I can. And, you know, you guys just did your big, awesome summer trip to New Mexico. Um, I've always felt like we haven't covered Mexico enough on the podcast. So this is like a match made in heaven, having you back on the show. But just how's summer going in general before we dive into this big New Mexico road trip? Are you having a good summer? We are just trying to get out and travel, spend time with our boys before they leave for college in the fall. We're going to become empty nesters. So that's kind of exciting. and um terrifyingly sad a little bit but also exciting and uh so yeah just in making the best of it as always awesome and so yeah. this is going to be a two episode um series all right because it was just it's just too much to, to cram into one episode and you give us an overview of this new mexico road trip which was just you and russell right it was the, yeah. the kids were not on this big summer trip so give us an overview of, of where you went and what we're going to cover in these two episodes Sure. So after several trips to Colorado, my husband told me that maybe, just maybe, if I wanted to go west, we should go somewhere other than just Colorado. So um, we had been charmed by New Mexico on a previous visit and decided to go and spend a little more time in Santa Fe and mostly Taos. So just did two days in Santa Fe, five days in Taos, and um, just ended up really loving it. It was a beautiful new way to experience the mountains in a different way. Now, two days in Santa Fe, partly because you you were there before. Yeah. So in 2015, we had done our big Birdie Goes West road trip to California and had done um, New Mexico and Arizona and California. Um, so we didn't need to spend as much time in Santa Fe on this trip. Really wanted to. We, we've started to really enjoy, even though we love seeing new different places, we started to really enjoy going and maybe spending five days in a place and planning relaxed time. So I'm one of those people who tends to over schedule. So it was kind of nice to be like, let's just spend five days so that if we do spend mornings or evenings in the trailer, we're not feeling like we're missing out, you know, trying to find that balance. And is that 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 change um, in methodology for, for an RV trip, partly because the kids aren't with you? I mean, does that does that work yeah. better because the kids aren't with you and you're trying to, you know, keep keep things busy, keep things moving? Right, right. Yeah. So now and I work, I, I taught summer school from the road this summer. So it gave me a little bit of time to work in the mornings and then go on an adventure, come back to the RV in the evening, hang out and watch the sunset. So um, really enjoy kind of that relaxed bit of travel. It's like, a vacation that you don't need a vacation from. You can just go and <laughs> relax. 
slow travel's great, you know, yeah. and and it, it it's hard to do with kids. It is hard to slow down and really feel like you're co deeply connecting to a place. Uh, and I guess for me, I, I feel deep connections with places because we've gone back multiple times. Yeah. Um, I've always had the theory that the second trip to a place is better than the first trip. Did you feel that way at all with this trip to New Mexico? Yeah, because on the last one, we really were just like slamming through uh, the states on our way out and had a we had a, a packed, <laughs> packed itinerary. So it, we knew kind of what to expect for where we were going and then just could dig a little deeper instead of feeling like, oh, we just need to get this cram stuff in. So it was good. As RV owners, I feel like maybe we get to go back to places more than other people that typically fly because we're driving through places to yeah. get to other places. And I feel like um, it's just more common to hear from an RV owner, hey, I've been to Great Smoky Mountains four times, you know, where, where someone else might fly in once and it's, it's one and done. Um, and that's something I really love about the, the camping and RVing lifestyle is we do get to go back to places or fill in some gaps from previous trips. Because um, I feel like the first trip, you 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 figure out a lot of things you want to do but don't get to do, mm -hmm. and then the second trip let, lets you do it. So um, let's um, let's go to Santa Fe. So so tell us about some like the the cool things that you did there and some of the major attractions. If somebody wants to plan a trip to Santa Fe, sure. So Santa Fe is the capital of New Mexico, and one of the things it's kind of known for is the adobe architecture. It's one of those places where even modern buildings have to abide by all of these codes to, to look a certain way. So you do kind of, it does have a, a sense of place, a strong sense of place when you're there. Um, one of the main places to go to is just the downtown plaza area. That's the town square. Um, one piece of that is this building called the Palace of Governors, which was built in like 1610. So it obviously a lot of history there. And um, they have like a porch where local artisans are out selling um, their, their arts and crafts and jewelry, lots of jewelry there. And this is the area where you're going to find lots of museums, galleries, restaurants. So it's really the place, like if you can only do one thing in Santa Fe, this would be the one place where people would go. You would go down to the plaza and stroll around the shops and galleries. And um, these are definitely high-end galleries. This is not, um, not in my tax bracket, but <laughs> it's kind of fun to see, you know, see those different things and uh, see the see the arts and crafts and uh, on both ends and linger a little bit, right? Yeah. Like I'm picturing like if I went there now with Max and Theo and Wes, I'd get, you know, 10 minutes to blast right. through there or something, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it sounds like a place that's fun to engage in that slow travel. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this sounds like it has Carrie written all over it, this trip. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All my trips do because I'm the planner, but um, I, I, try, I try to take input from, from, from my co co-traveler sometimes. So so I let Russell pick kind of sort of where we went, but <laughs> yeah. So what else about Santa Fe is like, should really, uh, is, is can't miss or anything else sure. that you'd really recommend on a trip to Santa Fe? So one of the things we were eager to do was go to Meow Wolf. Um, we had gone to the, one of the other Meow Wolfs in Denver last summer, and there's one in Las Vegas. And if you've never heard of a Meow Wolf, these are um, this good, weird kind of fun. It's an immersive art experience. And each of them has kind of their own flair. The one in Santa Fe was the first one. So we kind of wanted to go to it because when we went to the one in Denver, it felt like a little um, like sanitized. I don't know. It felt a little 
little bit corporate, like even though it was this super weird art thing, it felt a tiny bit corporate. So we we're like, we really wanted to go to the original and see if it was a little grittier. And, and it was. Um, we had previously gone to St. Louis's City Museum. And I think this is kind of in the same vein. It was maybe inspired by the City Museum with all of this totally weird, immersive environment. But the City Museum has slides and things to climb and I'm sure a bazillion lawsuits. And so Meow Wolf is definitely kind of the um, little bit safer version of that. But they bring in all of these artists. There's all of these different rooms you end up in with each having its own own vibe. There's an overall mystery you can do if you want to try to solve the mystery. We didn't. We just did the kind of open exploration. It's impossible to explain, but it's just one of those places where um, it's, you know, we went had a cocktail and went around and it was a lot of fun. So I was in the barbershop. 10 days ago and told my barber, oh, we're going to Denver. We're flying to Denver for, for a trip. And, oh, you got to go to Meow Wolf. And she started and she started trying to explain it. And she and then she literally almost said the same thing you said. She's like, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. Like, you got to go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I honestly walked away like, what? What are you talking yeah. about? And that's so funny that you bring that up right now. Are your, are your kids going with you on that Yes. Trip? They're, yeah. they're, this is our big summer trip okay. out west. Yeah. I definitely, this is one of those cool places. What I like about these places is it's a place where tweens and teens will enjoy it. So as you've probably experienced in your life, there's kind of this dwindling list of places that the adults enjoy and the tweens and teens enjoy um, because they kind of move out of that kid phase. And Meow Wolf is one of those places that's great for all ages. You can take little kids there. There's nothing that's going to probably, I mean, if you had a really sensitive little kid, they might be a little freaked out by some of the imagery, but it's not, you know, not meant to be scary. It's very playful, but like those older kids, they're probably going to enjoy kind of running around, seeing what they find, you know, just, um, bugging out on all the weird stuff. So I think it sounds like awesome. It. Now we've got more, um, arts and culture in Santa yes. Fe, and this definitely sounds like something you probably loved. So what's, yeah. what's next in Santa Fe? So Georgia O'Keeffe is just one of those people I was always fascinated by. She was born right before the turn of the century and lived through 1980. So just imagining like her life story has always fascinated me. And we had gone to the Georgia O'Keeffe museum in Santa Fe on our previous trip great little museum devoted to the artist, a nice film about her life. This time on our return trip, we wanted to actually go to her ghost ranch where she lived. And even if you're not like super into Georgia O'Keeffe, like just this ghost ranch has a totally different um, scenery than the rest of the area. It is uniquely beautiful. So it's, it's no wonder that she fell in love with this place, moved there from New York City and just like never wanted to leave. She stayed um, in this area until, you know, for decades until she died. So we went on this um, tour of the ghost ranch and we scheduled this sketch tour where we had some time for open exploration for art. <laughs> so we were kind of out in the desert. It was like getting pretty hot, some bugs out there. And I just love my husband because he rolled with it. He was a good sportsman about like, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to sit in the desert for two hours and look at this environment. But uh, I did some watercolor. He did some um, photography, but it was just really nice to have that kind of extra time instead of just the guided tour and to see all of these locations represented in her art. That sounds like such a cool experience. Yeah. Now uh, I discovered, I, I don't want to say I discovered you, but I found travels with birdie because you're beautiful photography uh, and, um, and I, New Mexico, I always think of as an incredible place for someone who loves to take pictures. Uh, were, were you doing a lot of photography on this trip or were you more just like immersing yourself in it and not bringing the camera? Like, where are you at with the I photography will, on the RV trips? I will say I've fallen totally to using my iPhone. 
Um, I tried to get into the the camera photography, but I found it very distracting myself because I was constantly going back and forth from the camera to the phone to the camera to the phone. And so I've decided I am just an iPhone photographer and that's what I'm going to do. Um, my husband and sons do the digital photography, so they carry along those and um, they can take the they can take the fancy pictures. But I just enjoy snapping snapping my shots with my with my camera and that's kind of where I'm at too (laughs) I wish I could say that I was still working hard on my real photography skills but I've been leaning hard on the on the iPhone um so that sounds like such a cool experience I would really I would love to do that um next time we're in New Mexico so what are some other highlights for you if you are in Albuquerque like a lot of people when they go out they'll take the the route that goes along route 66 that kind of roughly follows the old route 66 um which is now interstate 40 and end up in Albuquerque uh, but there's a road called the Turquoise Trail that connects Albuquerque to Santa Fe. It's a scenic byway. It's really cool. It goes through all of these quirky little mining towns, and there'll be you know roadside shops, roadside galleries. Um, when we went in 2015, I don't know if it's still there, but we stopped at this quirky roadside photo um, op where there was painted <laughs> painted billboards that you could put your face through, and we have fun pictures of our boys there. Um, so that was a cool way to get from Albuquerque to Santa Fe, and it goes um, over the Sandia Crest and you can kind of see the, the mountain views. And so Turquoise Trail definitely recommend that that junction from Albuquerque to uh, Santa Fe. We didn't go into Albuquerque this time, though. It's It's got to be. It's one of those states where the, the driving and the road tripping is a huge part of the experience, right? Like, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but up here in the Northeast, it's not that way. It's not when you're going, you know, going from one place in New England to another place in New England or from New Jersey down to Maryland or whatever it is. I mean, we have great places to take RV trips. I, I love the Northeast, but the drive is usually not, I wouldn't call it part of the fun or yeah. part of the experience. It's usually like, you know, a little stress involved. Um, was that part of the fun here, even just the, the towing and getting from one place to the other? Yeah, so that's a little more relaxed for us than Colorado, because in Colorado, you have to be a lot more careful about if you set out on a road trip, um, especially while you're towing to see some scenery, you have to know whether that road is going through um, the passes and the switchbacks. And so that's kind of nice in New Mexico, this area, you're not in the mountains in the same way. So you so you have nice wide open roadways. So even if you are traveling, there's I'm sure Plenty of exceptions, but the the roads we took, uh, we took a, a road from Santa Fe to Taos. That was just beautiful. Like it, we didn't even know we were setting out on a scenic experience. We were just driving to Taos, and it was a beautiful experience. So for sure, that's a part of part of the area. We we laugh when we go west because there's always a point when our GPS will be like, turn left for 475 miles. <laughs> and then, yeah, then when we go east, it's like, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. Well, so you, you nailed it. And that's yeah. why, like, I mean, towing an RV can be a pleasurable experience for me. I wrote the road tripping part can very much be a pleasurable experience for me, particularly when it is like 475 miles and you're just on the straightaway. And you know, out West, it does seem easier to even just pull over and get gas and everything's more wide open and there's, yeah. there's less traffic. So, I mean, when I think of like towing out to South Dakota, it was, it was part of the experience, you know, oh, it was totally. part of, part of the fun. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. So anything else on Santa Fe, any other things that you really would recommend or anything that you, that you didn't do that you would want to do on a return trip? Do you have any desire for a third t- trip to Santa Fe? 
Sure, I could definitely go again, probably five, 10 years. We did not do many of the formal museums. There are tons of like a New Mexico history museum. There's a, there's a dozen, you know, dozen like really nice art galleries um, and museums that we didn't, didn't get to go into. There's an area called Canyon Road and an area called Museum Hill. So we did not do any museum um, on this trip and wish we had. We did spend a bunch of time in this place called Photo Eye. It's actually the largest um, photography bookstore and so Russell spent just, we were there probably two, almost three hours, maybe just browsing their their books and talking to the people there. And so we did that. But yeah, if we went back, definitely would do some more of the museums. And then otherwise, it's really just about being in this place and getting a sense of this culture and the arts and um, and the food, which we'll talk about later. There's a lot, so much, so much to do. Oh, absolutely. All right. We're going to come back in a second and we're going to talk about the campground where you stayed and we're going to get an overview of this campground and see if you loved it. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at RV Snap Pad. Meet the world's only permanent jack pad. RV Snap Pads attach permanently to your RV leveling jack so you don't have to carry around blocks of wood or plastic blocks to level your towable or motorized RV. Simply snap them on one at a time and you're all set. RV snap pads go on in seconds and provide a lifetime of stability on the road. They are built for wanderers, adventurers, and vacationers just like you. SnapPad also now makes non-permanent leveling accessories for plastic levelers and buckets. They make everything you need to have the best leveling experience possible in your RV. We added RV snap pads to our travel trailer two years ago and love their durability, design, and functionality. They also make setting up and breaking down camp faster and easier. Finally, SnapPad recently collaborated with Camco Manufacturing to release the most durable, rugged, and stable scissor jack stabilizer available today. Head over to rvsnappad.com and use their Submit Your Rig tool to answer a few quick questions, and they will find you the perfect set of snap pads for your towable or motorized RV. Join the RV SnapPad revolution today. To find out more, visit rvsnappad.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie, and we are doing a two-episode sequence on her road trip with Russell to New Mexico. Uh, this week's episode is all about Santa Fe. Next week, we're going to Taos, and I'm excited for that one, too. Um, let's talk about the campground here that, that you chose. And honestly, I, I think that you liked it, but, to, but tell us more about Santa Fe skies. It, it sounds really pretty beautiful. Yeah, so we had heard about this um, campground multiple times in the Facebook group, the RV Atlas Facebook groups, and just other people. It's one of the most highly recommended campgrounds in Santa Fe. It's located on a ridge overlooking the city. So you're about 15 minutes from downtown. You can't, you know, walk downtown or anything from here. Um, but the advantage is that you're on this ridge overlooking the city and you get the panoramic view of the mountains all around you. So gorgeous, gorgeous setting. Seriously, good spot to watch the sunset. Like literally, that was part of our plan. Just go sit in the campground and watch the sunset. And we lucked out. So I think this place, if I remember correctly, we didn't get to pick a site. We could pick a type of site. And so I just wrote in my notes that I didn't care whether I had a back in or a pull through. I just wanted an, an amazing view of the mountains. And they came through. They gave us this site. Um, I'll, I'll reveal the numbers. I six. But it was so cool because it was an end cap and we had a patio behind our RV and a patio in front of the RV where we just had the whole surrounding scenery out in front of us. So 
um, we just loved it. Loved our site. Like I know not all of the sites are going to be as awesome as that site. So everybody hearing this <laughs> needs to know like that site was amazing. Um, but I think there's probably not an awful site in the bunch. You're just not going to have those two patios and, and quite the same open view that we had because you might have RVs in front of you. Um, they and also, be, and you yeah. have pictures, right? So yeah. at the RVAtlas.com in the show notes, if yeah. you want to actually see, like see that site and see the campground. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. Please tell us yeah. more. So all of the sites, um, they have mostly pull through. Most They're mostly gravel, but the patio part is concrete and then has table and chairs, which is really nice instead of a um, picnic table because you have more flexibility for moving everything around. Um, they, my second favorite set of sites, they had some back-end sites, um, number 17 through 26, I think, that were kind of um, spread out and had a different view of the mountains. So those were also nice. And um, most of the sites are full hookups here. We really appreciate that. And um, the rates were like $70 to $75 a month, a night, which was um, pretty fair for an urban campground. I know it's higher than quite a lot of um, other campgrounds. but for for this kind of urban campground where you're in a city, that was very reasonable because Santa Fe is a pretty expensive city and um, they have good Sam and other discounts. So seriously, good people. Yeah. And, a fa and a fairly, I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty big site or fairly spacious site, right? Yeah, we had plenty of room to pull through. And like I said, there's two patios. So the whole, the whole campground, the people, I think it's family owned. So the camp store, everybody in there was lovely. They give you a brochure when you check in that has tons of local restaurant recommendations and you just really get a feel that, that they care about this place. Um, some of the amenities, they had really good campground Wi-Fi, which you don't always get. That's one of the pluses of one of these <laughs> urban campgrounds is you are more likely to get better Wi-Fi. Um, so we had that great clean shower house, laundry facilities, everything. Um, but one of the other things that especially makes Santa Fe Skies a really cool campground is they have a walking trail that circles the whole park and it's almost a mile all the way around. And along the way, there's all kinds of interesting um, sculptures, giant sculptures, and there's like old farm equipment and some old vehicles. So it just really gives you a lot to look at as you're walking and you get the views of the city and the views of the mountains. And um, then the other and thing they, yeah, go ahead. live, live music, right? Yeah. Yeah, they had a patio, a really cute patio, and had a band. Um, we don't, you know, we don't always go in for that kind of thing because I think we're kind of picky about music and, you know, what we enjoy. And I was walking by because I was out walking the trail and I was like, that's actually really good. It kind of sounded like um, some early Indigo Girls kind of folk, folksy music. And so I actually sat down and listened and enjoyed listening. And I think that band comes regularly. I think they have dancing lessons sometimes. So I think it's one of those campgrounds where there's not a ton for kids. I think it is aimed more for adults and there's nice ways if adults do want to interact in the campground and enjoy their time in the campground, there's nice things to do. So was this a more adult centric campground? Like I'm, I'm very interested in this price point, like camp campground pricing fascinates me right now, right? Because so we all know so many places at least in the Northeast and, and really all over the place shot up over, you know, a hundred dollars a night. So I'm really interested in like, what's a good campground at 60 to $80 a night, you know, and this sounds like they they're kind of nailing that. And it sounds like a right. fair price to maybe in 15 minutes from the city, but was it more adult centric? Like if you had smaller kids, was there not as much to do? Right. Like you're not going to have activities that are kid centered, no pool, 
there may have been play equipment, maybe a playground. Um, I can't remember for sure. But a lot of kids, honestly, I thinking of my kids when they were young, they would have enjoyed walking that trail and looking at the weird art. They would have enjoyed looking at my son, Ben, especially would have enjoyed looking at the old vehicles and farm machineries because um, he loves anything with wheels. So I think a lot of kids would enjoy that, that part of the environment, you know, doing sidewalk chalk on the, on the patio, if that's allowed those kinds of low-key experiences, maybe not kid-centric, but certainly kids could be fine there. Uh, so are you are like, are you missing the kids on a trip like this? <laughs> or are you enjoying the relaxation or, or is it both? I'm going to say I miss the ideal version of my kids. I don't, I can't say that I miss what always happens. So as you know, we started traveling with our kids when they were kind of heading into that difficult, more difficult tween stage. So we've always had that little bit of tension in the travels of who wants to do what, who wants to eat where, who's having fun and who's not. And so uh, we didn't get to travel with them nearly as much when they were in that party kid phase of enjoying things. But that phase was also stressful because of all their needs. So I shouldn't, um, shouldn't idealize that either. But yeah, so we enjoy just like really how low key it is. We don't have to ask anybody else what they want to eat we don't have to agree on what to do um you have fewer moods in the car just my poor husband having to manage my moods that's enough like he doesn't need also two teenage boys and managing their moods so um yeah so we you know we miss those like moments that you have with your kids where you're like oh my gosh they love this they're experiencing this new place they get it it's wonderful yeah we miss that but we don't miss that i don't really want to go there i don't want to eat that yeah <laughs> and what's what's funny is I think that 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 this is like um, scientifically proven is that we forget a lot of the stress yeah. and and the, those positive memories do yeah. kind of stay cemented. But thank God, right, that it's that right. way actually. Yeah. Um, and you've you've done an episode on traveling with teenagers yeah. too, right? Yeah, if you want yeah. to dig back in the RV <laughs> Atlas archive, and what's funny is I want to go back and listen to that because Max and Theo were fourteen right. and you know we're about to go do a big trip. So I was actually thinking the other day, oh, I want to go back and listen to that right. episode Carrie did and see what what wisdom she had because you had a lot of a lot of good thoughtful stuff there about. Uh, it's so interesting the different stages of our RV lives uh, with yeah. the kids and everything, and you know what's to me what's cool is that. Um, each one has different, uh, you know, positives, positives and negatives. And, and you can have, um, you know, the RVing and the travel can be part of your life at every stage. It just has different joys and different complexities. And I, I think the teenager part is one of the, the hardest ones. But um, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to this jealous that you and Russell are, are here without <laughs> um, the worries of having to keep the kids entertained, particularly in such a beautiful, beautiful location. Um, now, if you were traveling with kids to Santa Fe, I think you wanted to give a shout out to the Santa Fe KOA. I mean, would that would that be a better option if you had small kids yeah. as opposed to this campground, which we, you know, you're saying you love? Yeah, um, for sure. We this is where we stayed in 2015, and um, again, it's it, KOAs have their their set of kind of built in activities, and I think this KOA has some of those kid things. Um, but when we stayed in 2015, we rolled in, and our bikes had low tires. They helped us air up our tires. Had you know, just really kind people. Um, helpful people. And they have this kind of barn thing where the doors open up, like garage doors open up and they have ping pong and stuff in there. And then um, I was looking at their website last night and noticed they added a whole new family game area. So it's kind of a nice look at what can a campground offer that's not a pool, 
you know, that's still going to engage kids. And I really see a niche for this and and campgrounds adding these things that draw the family together. Because I think that's hearing, you know, what you say about camping, what I say about camping. One of the things we value is that family time. And I think it's neat to see some of the different ways campgrounds are approaching that and offering um, new ways to play. um, Branches of Niagara is another one that comes to mind when I think about a place that has really nice family game area with, you know, the cornhole and stuff like that. So um, those are, again, those are the kind of things for little kids all the way up to teens. You can enjoy doing those together. And is the Santa Fe KOA, um, is it as close? Because this one has such great proximity 15 minutes away. Yeah, I think it may have been a little farther, but not much. So, um, and the other thing it has is it does have some shade. I should say Santa Fe skies did not have as many trees. Um, so you are, you know, pretty much in the full sun. But what we appreciated being out west was even though the days get really warm and sunny, by the evening, it's cooling off to 50 and 60 degrees. So as long as we weren't, you know, trying to hang out on the patio in the middle of the day, we didn't mind not having shade. But um, the, the KOA has has some nicer, nicer shade, if that's important. You're comforting me here because we're heading into this heat wave going out yeah. into Colorado and Utah. And I just keep thinking, well, it'll be cool at night. You know, it'll be cool right. by bedtime. I hope. <laughs> I, yeah. th- I think <laughs> there is a uh, night. Oh. There's a night in Taos when it was like 105 here in Missouri, like we were having a heat wave setting records, that kind of thing. And I was like snuggled up under a blanket. <laughs> so Yeah, it is. Uh, it is nice. Those cool yeah. nights when it, when the temperature drops. Uh, so we got to talk food because yeah. if you're going to New Mexico, if you're going to places like Santa Fe, um, there's just amazing food, like on every yeah. corner, I think, in a place like Albuquerque or Santa Fe. Yeah. So what were some of your favorites? So one of the places that was on the list from Santa Fe Skies was El Parasol. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I um, I just have no language background, so totally a bad area for me. But I think it is. El Parasol, recommended by the campground. They have several locations in Santa Fe and actually across the region. So we ate at one right by the campground, and then we ate on one in another small town when we were en route to Taos. And this was kind of, I would say, maybe like the fast, fast food version of uh, the local foods. You have tamales, you have tacos, burritos. Um, the one by the campground doesn't even have tables. So you go in, you order your food. We got in the car and like, we're so hungry. We just sat in the car and gulped us down because it was so good. Like it was super cheap, like just low, low expectations of what we were getting here. But it was so good. We saw that their breakfast burrito was named the best in Santa Fe. We don't often get up and out of the trailer before breakfast time, so we didn't get to try that. But seriously, if you're looking for something quick, not a big fancy sit-down dinner, this is the place to go to grab some good local food. All right, what's your your next awesome recommendation for food? Our other was a little uh, different, so we didn't want to just eat um, all, all uh, Mexican cuisine. So we went to Max Santa Fe on the plaza, and it was seriously delicious. So this guy had moved to, we talked to the owner, heard him talking. He had moved to Santa Fe in hopes of opening a Mexican restaurant, saw that, hey, that's kind of, there's kind of a lot of them. So he decided to do something totally different. He had had a restaurant and one of his annual traditions at his restaurant where he lived previously was to serve a big meal to all of his staff. And he would always make some mac and cheese. And that was just something that everybody bragged about apparently after this. Um, staff meals. So 
he decided, yeah, lean into that, open a mac and cheese restaurant. So it has all of these different interesting variations of mac and cheese and grilled cheese. Um, Russell and I just shared one of the just like just cheese. <laughs> we, we, I don't know why we, did, we just wanted just the cheese. And it was one of those things where you like take a bite and the cheese like just is um, pulling. So super good. We had their candied bacon. It had brown sugar, red chili and cinnamon. So good. So if you want something quick and, and especially something that will um, please the kids and not, you know, hurt the budget too much right on the plaza because there's lots of expensive restaurants on the plaza. This this is a place to check out. Two awesome options. All right, we're going to come back in a second and wrap up the show with Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie, and we'll get a sneak peek of what's going to come in the next episode. Uh, but before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. Our family has been staying at Jellystone Park locations for 12 years. There are more than 75 Jellystone Park locations across the United States and Canada, and each one is unique, but our kids love them all because each Jellystone Park location has fun attractions like pools, water slides, splash grounds, mini golf, laser tag, and jumping pillows. Plus, there are tons of activities all day and all night long, such as foam parties, dance parties, wagon rides tie-dye, and movie nights. They even have themed weekends like Chocolate Lovers Weekend, Christmas in July, and Halloween weekends in the fall. Of course, we can't forget the fun of hanging out with Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, and Cindy Bear. And at Jellystone Park, you can stay in your RV or enjoy one of their awesome glamping accommodations as many of their locations offer luxury cabins, yurts, covered wagons, and more. Make Jellystone Park a part of your family's vacation in 2023 because it's not just a campground. It's a Jellystone Park. To learn more and to book your vacation today, visit JellystonePark.com. That's JellystonePark.com. And please, don't forget to tell Yogi Bear that Jeremy and Stephanie said hello. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with the amazing Carrie Cox from Travels with Birdie, who has given us so much amazing content over the years, going all the way back to her epic uh, trips out west to Yellowstone. Uh, and now we're in New Mexico. So, Carrie, um, this is a two-part series. Um, you, you said that you went to Santa Fe just for two days this time because you had been there before. Really, the, the main part of your trip is coming up in our next episode um, that will come out next week. So just give us a sneak peek of, of what we're going to cover. Sure. We're going to go um, up the road just a little bit to Taos. And we were really amazed by how different Taos and Santa Fe are. So we have a lot to tell you about this cool little town north of, uh, north of Santa Fe. And where can everyone follow you and, uh, you know, see, see some of these pictures and follow your adventures in Birdie? Sure. I posted lots of pictures from this trip on Travels with Birdie on Instagram and Facebook and um, some of the campground in the RV Atlas Facebook group. So, I love your blog. Are we, are we blogging still? Are we finding the time? Because I, 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 I seriously adore your, you have a wonderful travel blog. Okay. Great writing, great photography. So I think the answer is no, you didn't blog for <laughs> this didn't. trip, but can we, are, are we going to do that? I need to, I can't, every summer I vow that I, it's going to be the summer where I rededicate to the blog. So I need to do it. I, I enjoy doing that. And most importantly, I enjoy looking back and seeing those, right. seeing those little boys I had. And I'm so glad I wrote about them. So um, hopefully I need to do uh, more. I mean, it's amazing for, for two things, for that personal history and that personal record. Yeah. 
but I also before if we're going somewhere that you've blogged about, I I dip back into it's it's wonderful. I want blogging to have a huge comeback, right? I'm yeah. so sick of like Facebook and Instagram and social media. Like I I miss the days when we were all like following each other's blogs and like yeah. commenting on each other's blogs, which seems right. so old fashioned. <laughs> but maybe that'll that'll come back into into focus for everybody. So anyway, I encourage you to get some blog posts in on this trip. Thanks. I need to. I definitely need to. All right. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to the episode next week. And I'm sorry if you just said it, but which campground are we going to talk about next week too? We're, we're going to talk about Taos Montebello. Beautiful, locally owned campground and can't wait to tell everyone about it. I, I after being at Santa Fe Skies, I was like, oh man, I'm sad to leave this campground. What if we don't like our campground in Taos? Well, you know, that's one of the things I always worry about. But nope, did not disappoint even after leaving a fantastic so you guys really scored on the campground front on this trip. This was yeah. like a massive success for these two and both places you have not stayed before. Right, exactly. So um, scoured those reviews and photos on Campendium and um, looked for those, those recommendations from travelers to see what they, what they had to say. I read them. If you're one of those people who writes reviews, like I read them. I read them. If you say <laughs> this, this place has this and that place has that, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at your pictures. I'm out there. So. Awesome. Well, Carrie Cox, right. thank you so much. I'm, I'm super looking forward to uh, the next episode. Thank you very much. Thanks. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the RV Atlas. To find out more about the topics discussed on this show, head on over to thervatlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook and make sure to join us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at the RV Atlas. If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we will see you at the campground. See you at the campground.